Greetings and welcome everyone to another Chief Yuya podcast. I am Chief Yuya, of course. And in this session, um, I want to present a warning to uh, all of you. And in particular, uh, the men, men of Anu and men who are very much interested in learning the way of Anu and what it is that we do. And the warning is stop getting readings. Stop getting spiritual readings. And that goes out to all of you. That goes out to you women. That goes out to you men. Stop getting readings. All right? And I know that may sound, um, you know, a little unsettling coming from someone who has spent uh, so much of their life uh, studying Ifa, studying divination systems outside of Ifa as well. And learning how, and someone like myself who's been spending so much time learning how to be a proficient and accurate uh, diviner of integrity. Nonetheless, stop getting readings. And I'm going to give you the uh, short of it because many of you have lost the proper context for your own intuition. And I said something recently, recent segment where I had spoken about, um, you know, some of the, the issues with the effeminization of men or the effeminization of males rather, uh, within certain environments. And, you know, I had used even the, um, church environment, for example, where I had shared that if you look at the different ways and methods of worship that, there is no distinction, there is no real distinction between male and female. And in fact, the females, especially when they get on the pulpit, they tend to begin to behave very masculine. And males inside of that environment behave very effeminate. So there is this this unisexualization, but more so leaning towards the effeminate because we do live in a, an effeminate-driven society. Um there's a there's a drive towards that. So, unfortunately, a lot of that spirit is brought over into um, the awakened community of those who are seeking to dig into the, the the metacognition that surrounds different religions or different spiritual systems. And what happens is they still bring that that uh, reliance on this coding of spirit. And spirituality, even in language, you know, uh, very ambiguous language, you know, universe, the spirit, spirit, you know, not really pinpointing anything because then you don't really have to be accountable. So what happens is a lot of times um, as we get older, when we're young, our intuition is very sharp. And when I say young, I'm even speaking preteen. Uh, our intuition is pretty sharp. And as we get older, sometimes we don't recognize that the context of our life is changing. And when the context changes, then our association to certain things is going to change as well. But sometimes we don't recognize that that association is changing. You know, it's it's very similar to um, sometimes we, we have a we're more committed to how we do things than 
the reason that we began to do it in the first place. You know, uh, for me, I I travel pretty frequently. And as a result, sometimes I come into different spaces, uh, whether they be other countries or sometimes just in the U.S., different states. And sometimes you see things that are being done that are just backwards. They're just straight up backwards. They're not working for the people in that place. They're not working for the country. They're not working for the economy. They're just not working. And um, you might mention something like, you know, this is, this is you know, causing an inconvenience. Um, why don't we do it this way? Why don't we do it that way? And the first thing sometimes people will say, well, here and so-and-so, this is how we do it. Here and so-and-so, this is, this is what's done. And a lot of times we lose sight over what should be done. And this is a very important leadership message. Um, and men and women, you both have opportunities to lead. So when I say leadership, don't immediately think I'm talking about the husband or the man. You know, um, we all have different people to lead. Uh, women, typically, you have children to lead and younger women, junior women, you know, and men, you have everyone else <laughs> that falls underneath that to lead. So it's very important for you to be able to know what your mission is. Common question I ask a lot of times when I'm working with families, what is the mission? What is what is your vision as a family? What's the family vision? And there is none. So when there's no vision, when there's no mission, then you're more easily programmed. Because whatever program that you have should be based on the mission. I'll give you an example. I never intended to do any kind of podcast or, or anything like that or to even um, be noticed. You know, when I first started um, Anu, which started as, as something else, I had a previous organization, uh, I used to use this phrase all the time. And I would always say, I desire to be the unseen reality. And that was that was my my mantra, the unseen reality, you know, so I always wanted to just work behind the scenes. And, you know, I had some very knowledgeable uh, individuals with me at that time. And my desire was just to pretty much just create, continue to create platforms for them to be out front and for them to be kind of the, the spokespeople, if you will, for this experience. And um, that worked for a little while, but then it stopped working. And I could have kept trying to make that work, found some other people and, you know, continue that. But then you always have to check back in with the, 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 the gut core of the mission and the vision. And the vision originally was to provide healing to the masters you know, um, as opposed to the masses. But for those who work with other people, for those healers who work with people and those spiritual warriors to really to be able to provide tutelage, to be able to provide a deeper level of education and teaching and healing and comfort to those. Because as healers, as leaders, as chiefs, it's a very, very, very arduous job when you're really doing it. And sometimes you can even kind of 
find yourself on the, the edge of insanity, dealing with some of the things that you have to, to deal with. And, um, you know, and sometimes you might even envy other people who, you know, uh, maybe don't have the same responsibility. And, you know, and obviously, you know, everyone needs a respite. Everyone needs um, moments where they can kind of retreat or get things off their chest or, or whatever, especially in that those positions. So that was the mission. So the mission dictated the programming. Programming was different, you know, having different lecture series back then. We used to do a lot of workshops and lecture series and and things like that. And when that began to be less than effective because of several different things, I could have said, well, but this is how we do things. We do lectures and this and that. And I could have been more committed to the way of doing things than being more committed to the actual vision. And it's, a, it's, it's tricky because a lot of, of people, a lot of organizations fall into that often. Um, this is why for young people, church is boring. Or sometimes going to the masjid is boring. You know, going to the shrine with mommy and, and, and seeing Baba is boring. Because sometimes these people who run these experiences, they're more committed to how we do things. And we got to have announcements and then after announcements, there's this and that. Then we have a message and then after the message, you know. And, um, you know, it becomes that um, that first piece of artwork that, you know, sometimes when you got your first apartment or, or house, you, you went out and you got yourself a piece of artwork. And, you know, it worked perfectly for that space. It it matched, you know, that environment of that first apartment or, you know, again, that first house. But then what happens is that um, you get another house and then you bring it with you. And it doesn't really fit, but you bring it anyway because, you know, there's a nostalgia. There are memories connected to it. There are different, you know, experiences and you're used to seeing it, and seeing it makes you feel like you're at home. And now, you know, you, you go down your timeline, and you may be three or four homes in, and you're still carrying around that piece of artwork that is now outdated and maybe even a little beat up and unattractive, you see. And it might not even fit any environment, but it's just what you're used to carrying around. This is how our our seniors and our olders and our elders end up with a bunch of junk in their homes. This is how it happens. This is the genesis of it. Trying to make old ways uh, fit the new context, even when they don't fit. You know, mommy, why don't you throw out this big back TV? I ain't throwing that TV out. You know how long it took me to buy that TV? I saved and saved. I have that. I had that TV on layaway, yada, 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 yada. And, you know, uh-uh, I'm not throwing that thing out. You see, so um, it's it's trying to bring those things in. Now, what happens is this: when you're unable to see that the context of your world and the context of your life has now pitched itself a bit differently, um, you begin to compromise your intuition because your association with certain things now begins to slip. See, like children. They have sharp intuition because they have less context. 
So they have an immediate association of things. If if you ask a child, do you want to eat liver, you know, or eat um, uh, things, children like different fruits, you know, whatever, cherries, pineapples, whatever. Most will say, Ugh, I don't like liver. Right? They have an immediate context. They have immediate, um, not context, excuse me. They have a, a immediate feeling or gut instinct about what it is that you just put in front of them. Now, you take that same child and you advance their years by, let's say, 25, 30. Now they're 30, 35 years old, and you say, do you want to eat a cherry or eat liver? And they'll say, "Um, you know, maybe I should eat the liver. I need the iron, even though they don't like the liver. You know, but what happens is now um, they start to create a different association with the things that come across their life, you see. And whereas when they were children, they blurted out quickly, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Now that they're older, there's a, there's a now, there's a rational blockage between their emotions and their expression. You see, because the gut instinct or that gut feeling becomes that, um, you know, that, that emotional expression that comes, you know, again, from the gut. But then a lot of times as we get older, um, there's an intrusion of deliberate thought. There's an intrusion of, of deliberate logic that now sits in between. And then sometimes that rationale and that logic will block that, that intuitive heart expression and say, well, but mm, eh. I want to leave my job, but mm, eh, eh. <laughs> I want to move out of the country, but mm, eh, eh. you know, I've always wanted to live over here, but mm, ah, ah. <laughs> you see, um, that could almost be a hook to a song. Eh? So, you know, the thing is now um, we start to the, the, the context begins to, to kind of shift around and we begin to lose our un, our ability to perceive what our unconscious minds are picking up on and expression and expressing based on history and ego, you see, based on the history and ego. So now we start to find this like subliminal tug of war that happens. Um, It could be a relationship. I think, you know, I need to split from this person that I'm with. And that's what my instincts is telling me or my intuition is telling me. And then you give it a day or so. And then maybe something will happen or you'll see an image or you'll see that person in a certain light or a song will come on. And now your intuition is telling you the opposite. And you're going back and forth, back and forth, because you're unable to kind of see that um, everything has an emotional charge connected to it. And sometimes you that charge, it flashes so quickly within your system that you can't really perceive that there's actually emotions that are that are um, determining where it is that you are that you're seeking to kind of go to make your decisions, right? So what happens when is that tug of war push and pull? Uh, you say I need to get a reading for some clarity, right? And perhaps you do, but more importantly than that, you need to empty out. You need to look at the context. You need to look at that piece of artwork and ask yourself, honestly, 
does this fit in this new house? This this piece of artwork that I got, you know, for my first apartment that I bought from a flea market, somebody or a garage sale, somebody was throwing it out, and I just said, oh, it would it would look perfect in the corner of my new studio apartment, and you know, and now that I'm in this environment here, and that may have been twenty twenty five years ago, does that piece of artwork still work with where I'm at now, right? Um, so then you'll, you'll get a reading and the reading will say, no, it doesn't work. And then your emotions will kick in. And then you'll say, you know what? I, I, I like going to Baba for readings, but sometimes he's off <laughs> because, uh, you haven't broken down the components of your intuition yet, you know, which are primarily composed of emotional knowledge. Um, whether that, that emotional knowledge be things that are, are, you know, and have a negative association or positive association. And of course, the, the unconscious mind. So you have emotions and you have the unconscious mind, right? And those are, um, parts of you that should be flushed out and should be trained, should be trained. But a lot of times we don't. So now let's go to the men for a second. So what happens with with men, um, men pray, and I'm using that word on purpose. They pray and get readings too much in today's context of spirituality. You know, and I know this may hit some of you guys who have asked me for readings and I've said no. Or you've asked me for a reading and I've said, well, have you thought about this, thought about that? Because for a man, it's different. You know, your your instructions come from the creator, come from Yah. And for a woman, her instructions come from you. It's okay for her to ask a lot of questions. It's, it's okay for her to be unsure. It's okay for her to try to determine um, and, and seek to feel more confident in what it is that your desire is. That's okay. You see, but when you're walking through not knowing anything and don't want to take accountability and responsibility for the decisions that you need to make, and you say, well, I'm going to go to Bob before a reading. You see, that's problematic. As opposed to you going out and living. If you, if you get a bump on your head, you get a bump on your head. That's what being a man is. Trial and error. Trial and error. But you begin to lose the sharpness of your, of your instinct and your intuition, which are two different things. But you you begin to lose um, the sharpness of that um, because you are constantly um, showing this this desire to lend or rely on the intuition or the spiritual divination of someone else, as opposed to taking the structure and the character and the codes that come from those divinations and using them to now make smarter decisions. You see, but instead you're ruled by the emotions, you know, you're, you're, you're ruled more so by your unconscious feelings that sometimes you'll call, you know, logic or like I say, a lot of times when I hear people say, well, you know, I give them a reading and I, or I give them some guidance and some directions and they say, well, I'm going to think about that. And then I'll say, there's nothing to think about. I already thought about it for you. Now you only need to do it. So when I hear that, I'm going to think about it. That's. You're going to go somewhere and feel about it. 
And then you're going to feel your way out of doing anything. You see, and it's just like working out. You can look at workout, you know, videos all day, you know, on online or pick up as many uh, men's health magazines as you want and things like that. But it's not until you actually get down and do the push-ups that you're going to see any any change in, in your um you know, in your, in your triceps or in your shoulders or, you know, um, or in your chest, you know, you actually have to do, you know, so all of that feeling about it and thinking about it doesn't create the necessary transformation, you know, and especially when you come, when you're coming to someone who's already thought about it. So now only thing is left is doing, but you're doing everything you can do to get out of doing. And that's part of what for you men getting the readings are. You know, uh, and a lot of times that's because because you've lost context. This is for men and women, but because you've lost context, you've now put yourself into a place where you've compromised the connection between your spirit and your soul, the directive connection. And what happens is when that happens, then now you start to um, experience depression. You start to experience anxiety. You see, because you've compromised that connection. And when you're when you're experiencing depression and anxiety, it affects your decision making. It it affects your intuitive decision making. That's what happens. When you're when you're in a, a balanced place, when you're in a whole place, you know, where you're healthy, which some people have have not been in that place in since they were children. They may not admit it to you all. They may not even admit it to friends. But some people have been feeling a measure of depression or, or of anxiety or sadness since they were 11, 12 years old, since the first time somebody made fun of them in middle school or they felt heartache, you know, in high school or, or maybe a, a parent transitioned or said something to them really cruel. And they never actually recovered from that. But they knew that they had to function. They had to go forward in the world, go forward in life. And continue to function. So as a result, they cover these things up, you see. But what happens is that um, coming through or, or moving through life with, again, being a depressed person, being an anxious person, um, you lose your ability to distinguish the relationships that you have with certain images and ideas and your own emotions. You know, that's why it's so important for men to be present. Masculinity. Alpha masculinity. Because what happens is that um, a lot of times when we have certain emotions or, you know, if we have children who are a certain way, um, we have to train certain things in certain children to protect them. Right? Sometimes we may have a child that's very naive, very gullible. And we know, you know, from a young age that... Um, they're gonna. They, they may have certain problems and relationships. You see, they may have certain problems and relationships as a result. I am no different. When I was young, there were certain things that um, I was told by elders that I needed to be mindful of when I got older. Certain things that they see in you, you know, that obviously you may not see. You just think like you. You think like you're. You're like your friends. I'm like any other child. I like to ride bikes and run and throw rocks and, you know, everything else. But obviously there's, there's um, 
always those who are overseen, you know, even if not in your family, sometimes in the community, there are those who are overseen, who see you and maybe see you go to school every day or see your activities, see you with your friends and no, no, this one's a little different. Come here, let me talk to you, (laughs) you know. So um, that's where the alpha masculinity comes in because it provides that protective, that, that protective oversight. You see, to make sure that we're not living lives of depression and lives of anxiety, you see. And it has to stand firm on that. And it can't always be running for readings because it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know what to say, you see. And that's what's been removed out of a lot of those churchical environments and, and sadly, even out of a lot of the spiritual environments. That's why you can, you can go online and find images of women by the waterside giving offerings all day long. That's easy. And then you might find some men in the back drumming here and there, you know. But a lot of times, even when you find the expressions of spirituality, it's everyone's pretty much doing the same thing. Everybody's in all white going to the water, dropping flowers and fruit, you know, in the water. Right? And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. So be very clear on what I'm saying, because I dress in all white. And drop flowers and fruit in the water. <laughs> so to be very clear, um, because I know sometimes people can be very foolish and they and they listen for things to latch on to. Um, but what I'm saying here is that there's a different responsibility that women have, and there's a different responsibility that men have. You see, and like I've said before, a lot of times when women get together, they bond over their pain and their pain becomes just the, the, the directive source of their intuition. So a lot of times when they're, quote unquote, intuiting things, um, it's always something negative because there's a depression inside and they don't recognize that um, they all have the same struggle of anxiety. They have to all have the same struggle of fear. And these are the things that are kind of motivating the conflicts that they have inside of them and the conflicts that they're having even with 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 intuition, it's that that pain and they're developing um, a sort of comfort with this inner infliction when they get together and share amongst one another. But see, this is what men know. You know, it's just like um, if you've ever had a situation, and and I and I I counsel a lot of people, right? And a lot of times, um, people cry, men, male and female, when they're on the phone with me. And those of you, you know those are listening, you know, I always say, don't worry, everybody cries, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times people, you know, maybe there's a, there's some embarrassment and things and I say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just crying so much. And I always say, that's okay. I make everybody cry, you know? Um, but here's the thing, the man in me knows when to stop that too. When to say, okay, all right, that's enough crying. All right. <laughs> we, we, we're not going to, we're not going to turn into that because now you're attracting predators. You see, get up, stop crying. You're on the floor. See, that's what a father does. See, a father will come in the room, and I've done it plenty of times with, with my own youth. Oh, how long? How long is boy? I've been hearing this boy over here. What? Get up. That's enough. Go wash your face off. Come on, let's go. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna let predators come. See, you know, it's no different when you when you and <laughs> now we're talking about something else. But when when you you cruising the bus stations looking for runaways. And you see her sitting there on the bench crying. Hey, what happened? What happened? I came out here to meet my boyfriend, and he was supposed to meet me at the bus station. And 
he's not answering his phone and, and I ran away and I left everything and I don't know what to do. That's cool. I got something for you. Don't worry about it. Come with me. Come on. Let's, you hungry? Let's get something to eat. Let's get something to eat. Try, try your tears, you know. I can look at you. I can tell that you're better than that. You can do better than that. Don't even worry about that. You see, you're in a big city and there's a lot of opportunity here. You see, and you showed the bravery and you showed the courage just to even come out here to begin with. So just based on that, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something that you're going to win. And I know you're going to win. All right. But first things first, you got to understand something. You see, no one does it alone. Everybody needs help. You see, and this and, and this timing that happens and, and God is great. And I'm going to tell you why, because as I was passing through here, I was just feeling and thinking to myself, you know, I need someone in my corner. And I looked at you and, and, and I don't want this moment to pass, to be honest with you. I don't want it to pass, you see. And I need you. No, no, I, I really, really need you. And it's not about me needing you for the night. I and mean, this is not a physical thing, you know, and I see a power in you. I see a greatness in you. And I know in this moment we need each other. Let's do something great together. BS like that, you see. Because she was sitting there crying on a uh, on a on a bus bench at at the Greyhound station. Next thing you know, there's other things happening in her life that she never thought might have happened next. You see, so uh, that's where the alpha masculinity comes in. Uh, just one of the places that it comes in, where it's it starts to uh, go to problem solving as opposed to feeling in circles. Um. And sometimes with you men, <laughs> you can't, you, you've come to the place where you can no longer trust the semantics of your own brain and your, and your own celebration. You know, uh, you come to a place now where you have so many conflicting emotions inside of you and so many distorted relationships with the images and the ideas uh, that exist within the world that now you can't even trust your your your, uh, your inner talk or, or your self-talk. So you take time substituting um the the work that you're supposed to do internally with all the spirit the spiritualizing. I'm gonna go lay at my shrine. I'm gonna go get a reading. I'm gonna go, you know, throw these 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 coconut. I'm gonna go throw these ob. I'm gonna go uh, do this tarot card reading. Yada 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 yada. As opposed to taking control of the partnership that you're supposed to have between your spirit and your soul. You see, so you've lost touch with your real self. And you can regain access to your to your unconscious self in order to kind of resharpen that compromised intuition. Um, but first, you have to be able to contextualize your life circumstances with honesty, you know, and realize that even your remember your intuition and your instinct are two different things, two totally different things. Someone was asking me this recently, um, knowing you know that I that I've spent. Um, a good amount of time training or preparing, you know, for combat. And um, they were like, yeah, I, I, I bet you, you know, if somebody messed with you, this, that, that, and what happened? I said, man, if somebody messed with me, depending on who it is, they probably lumped me up pretty bad, you know? And they were like, what are you talking about? All, all You know, this, that, that. And I said, nah, man, it, it's, I said, it's an instinct. And I said, um, sometimes it takes a couple of hits before that, that killer instinct kicks back in. You know, if you haven't been in that arena, you know, yeah, if, if you're training and you're fighting, you know, two, three times as strong, maybe even once or twice as strong, 
then that instinct is sharp. You know, you, you almost smell the punch coming. <laughs> you could you can you can almost, you know, you can hear the knife, you know, being unsheathed in someone's jacket pocket when they're getting ready to throw it in, in your, you know, bring it in your direction. But when when you haven't been doing those things, you those instincts dull. And yeah, you might get punched a couple of times. You might even get jigged before you can kinda get your get your bearings, you know? So um it's the same thing um, with intuition, where it has to be trained, where instincts can be dulled because of a lack of use. But your intuition um, relies on information. You see, so if your information is off, your intuition is off. Now, that's what a lot of people don't realize. So when they say, well, my gut is telling me this and gut, your gut is telling you things based on the imagery that you've associated with a certain situation in your mind. That's why your gut is telling you that. You see. So um, for men who are supposed to be the light, as women are the light bearers, for men, it's it's supposed to be very important that you make sure that you know if the context that you currently were looking at, if it's changed, because if if it has, the information is no longer relevant. So if you have that old piece of uh, artwork in your house and then you change houses, but you don't realize you don't still live in that studio apartment that you that you got out, out of college. But now you're you know, you're living in a seven seven bedroom house. Then now the context has changed. So the information changes, you know, whereas that piece of artwork maybe at one point made the, 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 the studio apartment look classy. Now it makes the. Um, it just looks off inside of this house. It looks like something left over from a bachelor's pad, which it may be, you see. So now the information has changed. So your intuitive relationship that you should have with it now should also change. But it won't if you're unable to see the context of the environment, you see. And there's, there's a deeper, um, uh, there's, there's, there's a deeper association and understanding of this. But that goes deeper into into actually um, quantum physics, but maybe another time. But let's just keep it simple for now. Um, when you're observing something and you see that the context has changed, you have to understand that the the relationship of information has to change, and you have to always understand that if you're not in a healthy place, then your intuition and your information and your association is not going to be um, healthy and accurate. You know, sometimes uh, people get upset, they get angry and, and they're hurt and then they make certain decisions. Or as a good friend of mine, he used to call them mad moves. They make mad moves. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, you have that type of experience and then they swear up and down that they're right. See, this is one of the reasons like I don't argue, but. I don't even have discussions really with emotional people. We're not going to do that. That's why I said there's a time I right, stop. You know, you had your time to, to vent, let it out. Now, come on. Now, let's let's get to let's get to some real information and some logic to start solving some problems. You know, that's why it's very unhealthy. Like I said, sometimes um, when you have women who are just bonding over hurt. And that's it. There's, there's no real problem. Solving. That's why you find that women don't really check each other, which is a totally deeper problem. It's a totally deep problem, but they don't really check when they hear each other. Like, yeah, girl, yeah, I, I, I feel you. I hear what you're saying, yeah, but they don't really 
check each other. You know, and they can use the information, the structure, and the character of what they meant, of what their men give them, to check each other. But they don't do that because a lot of times they don't have men giving them that structure. They don't have men in their lives. Sometimes it's because of the very things that I'm talking about, because of the the, the false intuition that you're relying on. You're still in use, using the context of your parents' broken relationship to determine what relationship should be, you know, or of what you've what you've overheard or or maybe what you've experienced based on your own foolish decisions and now that becomes a context going forward so now you're 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 frying the new person and the old person's fat you see so um you know i'm not saying that readings are inherently bad but there is a timing and a place for them there's a timing and a place for them. And a lot of times people become over-reliant on them as opposed to becoming more reliant, here we go, on the law. That's the part that nobody wants to hear. I mean, isn't that why you left the mosque, Isn't that why you left the church? Because there were rules that, that didn't resonate with you. There were law. There was law that didn't resonate with you that you didn't want to do. You didn't want to perform. You didn't relate to. When someone said, thou shalt not fornicate, you weren't feeling that because you were in a relationship with someone and the vibes were just so strong that you just had to fornicate. When someone said to uh, keep the Sabbath holy and guard it, and then you were in an environment telling you that the Sabbath was Sunday, you know, and you said, well, that doesn't even, it doesn't make sense. I mean, Sabado, Saba, Sabado. You know, uh, Saba even means seven, like Sheba. Sheba means seven, seventh day. You know, but we're doing this on Sunday, Sunday. This this is really sun worship. But so I'm so confused, I'm just going to leave the environment altogether as opposed to studying. Like I've told you guys before, a lot of these systems can work if you were just obedient to them and weren't so rebellious. That's coming from the Babylon. You know, that's coming from the Babylon. Yes, some of you came, some of you, a lot of you, especially those of you in the North American diaspora, most of you come from the Christian church. Some of you were, were, were Muslim, but none of you were ever truly any of those things. You were just in those environments. But if you truly submitted yourself to them and really studied them and learned them, your life would, would look much better. You'd be surprised, but what the thing is, you just use the context of what's around you to determine what it should be and not really recognizing when the context changes. And sometimes the context changes now you're grown. So you should be able to now speak as a, as a man or speak as a woman and study as a man and study as a woman and live out those principles for yourself. There's a lot of good things in those holy books that you skipped over in light of just flying towards spirituality. Why? Because spirituality became a... a a circling exploration of your own feelings. Ooh, I feel that. Ooh, I felt that in my gut. Ooh, when I did this ritual. Ooh, 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 ooh. Feeling, 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 feeling. And you didn't realize your intuition can be distorted by feelings because your feelings come from your thinking. So it can be distorted by feelings that are based on wrong information, which provides wrong thinking. (laughs) <laughs> you see 
It provides wrong thinking. Instincts will tell you not to go play in fire. Instincts. Your intuition, intuition will rely on the fact that you were taught that fire will burn you. So immediately when you see the fire, there's an immediate association with it. You say, no, nah, leave that alone. And you're thinking that, that that intuition is just coming from some some off-worldly place. It's some amazing off-worldly place and not realizing that it's it's coming from your unconscious and your emotional associations to things that are either negative or positive. You see. So you'd be surprised the values of laws, statutes, and commandments. I've been saying this for a long time, but I know I left it to the end for those of you who, who didn't make it to the end. Because I know many of you skip over that when I say that. This is why we have the 14 keys. And in the 14 keys, I break down different laws and how we should move, especially as our new. Now, if you're not a part of our new, then you got a wonderful gift in that you can peek in and see what we're doing. But when I see people who claim I knew but don't live by those laws, then I know now they're living by their intuitive feelings, which are already slanted because you can always see the evidence of it. You can always see the evidence of it, one of which is a whole lot of indecision and a whole lot of poor decision-making, but usually a whole lot of indecision. You see, going off of feelings, going off of fear. All right. So, you know, um, like anything, you can retrain your intuition based on the information that you receive. You see, Uh, this is why I don't get on this, these segments and do readings every time. Hey, I'm going to do a reading today. Today is uh, whatever the date is. I don't know. Today is such and such date. And the reading for today is the horoscope for today is no. The truth for today is this. Go live it. Go live it. <laughs> okay? And learn how to to uh, reorganize the language of your brain. So now you can form a, another, uh, a new reliance on it. The same reliance you had on it when you were a small child. And you knew that there were certain things that you didn't like and certain things that you did like. And it was very quick and easy. Because you trusted the, the language of your brain. And now you've come to see your brain and that talk inside of it as a stranger that may actually lead you in, in, into a deeper demise because it's done it before because you've lost the ability of basic decision-making. Okay, You haven't learned to um, understand or even experiment with your subliminal and, and, and emotional imagery that you have that still floats around within your, uh, your thinking. All right, so... I'm heading out this chief year. I want to give some of you a reminder before I go, speaking of our new, that we will be reviewing um, the applicants for the ministry this coming this, this spring, which is the new year, um, this spring, all right, which is March. So for those of you interested, make sure you go to anulifeglobal.org. You'll see the links for Anu Womb, and then you see the links for Anu Men, and that's where you apply. Okay, that's where you apply for the ministry. I have a lot of people been listening for a long time, and they're saying, "Oh, how do I? How do I? I want to do it." How do I? So that's how you do it. You, um, and the links, I think, the links are always in the the videos, even the snippets on YouTube, and they're always in the podcast, um, you know, blog posts. 
for our new life. So to become a part of the ministry and to get closer to legitimizing your intuition (laughs) because you're learning laws, statutes, and commandments and learning how to um, become a disciple of this doctrine or one who, who has the discipline of this doctrine, that's what you need to do. All right. That's uh, how you that's the gateway, if we, if you will. That's the gateway. All right. So with that said, thank you all um, for being you. Thank you for being you. All right. And uh, have a safe day today. Travel well and uh, be peaceful and pay attention to that self-talk. All right. This is Chief Yuya. Peace.